Don't miss the Can-Am Holiday Volleyball Showcase, North America's premier men's volleyball event. Experience and enjoy world-class athletes, coaches, and competition in Toronto this holiday season, December 28th to 31st at the Toronto Pan-Am Sports Centre. Get your tickets while they last at www.cahbs.com. Early bird pricing ends soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Unfortunately, Dallas couldn't join me, but theme of the show is we just listen to our guests talk the whole time, so it's not really necessary. So hopefully you won't miss them too much. We have a great guest who is in the GTA playing in an OUA match, so I'm glad she could make the time after her big win today. Uh, welcome to the show, Darby Taylor, who's currently a Brock University Badger. She's played for Team Ontario Indoor. She's been a second team OUA All-Star, and she started her post-secondary career in the NCAA with Siena, which is in Albany, New York. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of stuff, including her provincial indoor championships with indoor, and she's also a beach champion from 14U that I'm sure will come up at some point. So once again, welcome to the show, Darby. Thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem. So how's the season going? You guys have uh, got a good group going. You got a big win against York today. How, how are the Badgers looking? We're looking really good. Um, we started out really strong. Uh, I don't think Brock's ever been 5-0, to be honest, but um, it's a totally different team, different mentality uh, that we have. We have the same people that we had a couple of years ago, but I find that we've just kind of adjusted to the new system and we're all kind of bought in and we're playing really well. So you, now that you're a vet, has the mood changed around the team versus when you were like a first year? You mentioned the cores kind of stay the same, but how do you guys like to bring in some some young new players? Because you do have some young players contributing right away on the court. Like I think Aliyah is a first year and she's yeah. one of the liberos right away. So how do you guys like to bring in new players and kind of get them built into the team right away? I'd say like the one thing that our vets are really good at is we never treat anybody like a rookie. Like it's just kind of a big family mentality. And then when you come into the team, like we expect a lot out of our rookies right away. Um, and it's kind of like when you have your vets who have confidence in you like that, you kind of feel confident enough to kind of step up. Nice. And you mentioned Brock going 5-0. and that, That's a big accomplishment. It also helps with the system stuff he talked about, because Steve is in his second full year of mm -hmm. being the coach. What has he kind of brought to the program with his level of experience? And uh, fans of the show would recognize his name from his, his playing career, both indoor and beach, but he's also coached some good club teams before. I think his Halton teams are always very competitive. So mm -hmm. what's he kind of brought and instilled in the team? Um, Steve's been awesome. It's uh, It was nice to have somebody come in and kind of believe in us. And immediately, like, uh, he knew how much talent we had, and he kind of, I think he believed in us more than we believed in ourselves when we started. And then uh, he kind of saw things and changed systems in a way that kind of brought us forward, I'd say. And like last year, we kind of slowly started, but then as soon as we got it, we got it. Um, and I think like the big difference this year is everyone's kind of familiar with the system. It's not new anymore. So I think something that started to work last year is now finally like in play. Now, how are you enjoying the right side? Because you had played middle at the university level, and then when you and I first met, you were a banging left side on the provincial yes. team. So it looks like you can play every position possible. What's it like uh, getting settled in as a right side? I do like the right side. Uh, I used to play left side for about four or five years, um, but I wasn't a huge fan of passing. <laughs> so uh, I definitely think the right side gives me a break with that. And uh, yeah. I definitely better than middle. Um, yeah, it was nice to have a finally in a position. I think we had one game in my second year at Brock, and I went in and I started as a left side, 
the next set I played right side and then she got mad during a game and put me in middle. So I played all three in one game and it was very entertaining. <laughs> See, that's awesome because I would have thought it's changed every year that you've shown you play different positions. I never knew it happened in one match. Oh, that's... all in one match, yep. <laughs> I wonder who would have the record. You've got to be up there. I know, like, Sam Pedlow played several positions throughout his whole career, but mm -hmm. never in the same match. So yeah. uh, we have to look this up. That could be a unique stat that you you might own for this one. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you've been around the OUA for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. How has the, the league changed, or has it kind of stayed the same um, based on what you've seen from entering from a first year and now being a fifth year? Like, is the league as open as it's ever been? Is it kind of top-heavy? Like, what do, you, what do you think of Ontario volleyball right now? I honestly think it's really strong, um, especially like I came from the States and like even comparing the level, it's it's a little bit different style, but it doesn't mean like I don't think there's anything wrong with Ontario volleyball. I think that the strength is just as high. Um, I, I'd also say like another thing that's like different with like the OUA especially is I think um, like all the teams have gotten like progressively better than they used to be, I would say. When you left club, you chose to go to the NCAA. What was the recruiting process like? Because what we're hearing on the show from certain people is they start a, a little bit earlier than Ontario typically does, mm -hmm. right? So when did the recruiting process start for you? Did you have a video? Did your parents kind of guide you? Did coaches guide you? Like, how did you know to contact certain coaches or did, were they chasing you at that point? Um, so I was 16. Uh, I originally got a call from a school, um, Niagara U called me, and I never really considered the States as an option at that point. Uh, but I ended up going there for a visit, and then from there I kind of had aspirations to go to the States. And uh, my next step was kind of, I wanted to tr transition out of the middle, because at that point in club I was playing middle, so I decided um, I needed to make a switch to left side, because uh, I thought I wasn't gonna be huge, I kind of needed to make a, <laughs> An adjustment and my club team at the time wouldn't allow the switch so I decided to go to Halton and I played left side there and then while I was in Halton um, I put together a video and then I had they had someone come in from Halton and kind of like told us how do you write your email um, what should you put in your video what should you take out and then they kind of guided us through the process and then just send your video off and kind of see who responds um, I went on four or five different visits and then I ended up, I was between Syracuse and Siena, um, but I kind of liked the smaller school. I felt like it was better for me personally. I kind of wanted to make that adjustment, not be kind of overwhelmed with the size of the school. Um, so when I chose Siena, that's kind of my main reason, um, but I... I think I committed there when I was 16, 16, 17. Wow, so were you looking at Canadian schools at that time or were you focused on, on going to the NCAA? Like yeah. you really wanted to play in the US? Yeah, I, I don't think I considered any uh, Canadian schools. Now you, you did play in the NCAA your first year. Mm -hmm. Are the rules that different in USA Volleyball? Like is it weird? It feels like they have unlimited subs and there's always a back row setter in most programs. Uh, I think you were after, but they used to play to 30, which was really odd, but I think they may have oh, yeah. played to 25 during your uh -huh. time. Um, was that tough to get used to as a Canadian going over and just how specialized their indoor game is? Um, I actually kind of liked it. Um, I think what I liked about it is because I was playing left side and I wasn't necessarily a passer, I never had to pass, ever. So I was always taken out or in the back row and you'd always have unlimited subs. So then 
uh, I would just be put in to hit and block, and that was kind of my job. And then that I think that's why I was so successful my first year there, because um, I ended up getting all rookie team and stuff there. So you was, missed that in your intro. There yeah, you go. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we did really good as a team. And then the other cool thing was we had these two liberos that were both from Hawaii, and they just two man serve receive team, and they were probably the best service duo in the league and our passing was always great so it was just kind of it's different to see uh the other thing too is like libs can serve so you never right have to, yeah you never have to worry about your defense ever because you never have to sub the middle out maybe i should stop bashing it because like you said it's so specialized that the game's really entertaining and people are in a role where they can be really successful where mm -hmm. growing up in ontario you kind of like the six rotation player and you like yeah. the battle and the matchups there where I kind of see value in both, so yeah. I might be more open-minded next time I talk about NCAA <laughs> volleyball and that there's a sub almost every rotation. Yeah, like. pretty much. So when you chose to come back, mm -hmm. uh, what made you pick Brock? Was it what you wanted to be close to home? Was it the same system of looking at like a smaller school environment, or who were you considering when you decided to come back to Canada? Actually, the program. Um, so I took sport management at Brock. I've just graduated, so I'm doing an MBA now. But um, Brock has a really strong sport management program. And they had an internship opportunity. I ended up working with the Raptors um, for a summer, which was awesome. Um, and it was kind of a path that I wanted to do. And I originally wasn't going to play at Brock. I wasn't considering it. And then Dale kind of forced my hand. <laughs> so, yeah, it was more or less the program or... I was going to go back to my old school, but I just felt like I needed the change for my degree and everything else. We are a volleyball podcast, but I wouldn't mind diving a little bit deeper because, yes, you, everyone <laughs> brags about how well uh, the sport management program does at Brock and some mm -hmm. of the alumni that you're going to soon join that list. Mm -hmm. uh, what makes that program so unique? And, and maybe you have some tips for passing dimes how we can grow our distribution, but yeah. what did you really enjoy other than the internship? Or maybe was there another draw to why sports management is so strong? I think what's different about it is a... Some people think that you're not getting the business background, but you get the exact same business background as you normally would get. It's just sport examples. So it's kind of easier to understand, especially from someone who's grown up with sport. So instead of taking a finance class and you're learning about, oh, the car manufacturer, like now you're learning, okay, now this player is doing this. So how much do we pay them? This is the taxes, kind of that kind of thing. Um, and the other thing is like sport management, Brock has a lot of like opportunities to work during um, your degree so like I started out and I was like a coordinator for the North American Indigenous Games oh cool so like I led a lacrosse venue and they let me do that in my second year and it was just kind of like they believe in you to step into those roles and uh, I started off with that and then also there's a lot of like the profs are super like willing to get you involved so I ended up doing research studies with like certain profs that led me to actually work again for the Indigenous Games and then eventually um, when I applied for my internship, I applied to the Raptors one. And then because I had got to run tournaments and I was involved so much in the community, it kind of helped like transition into that. And then I feel like definitely the Raptors thing, it like propelled kind of my experience level and like kind of made me realize what I want to do. And yeah. Nice. So Obviously, we, we hope that volleyball is going to be your first occupation, but if yeah. you had to make a short list of, of kind of your dream job, what are you kind of looking into? Well, when I worked for the Raptors, I was in like community and player relations, and I really enjoyed that. It's kind of a role where you're managing players, and like being a player forever, it's different, I think, when 
you have that support background in that environment because you're able to kind of understand where people are coming from. Um, and it was nice because you, you're kind of able to take the players around, like on the court during the pregame warm-up and like make sure that they have everything you need. And then if they go to any events, you kind of do that with them too. Um, one of my favorite parts though is we had, uh, we were also in charge of doing kids programming. So it was like you take a player to like a community event or we'd have like a camp um, and the players would come and you would get that experience to kind of be like, it, just see the kids and their reaction to those players on the elite level is just it's special for sure. Wow, yeah, that, that is impressive. So I might have to apply to that program. It sounds really good. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. So back to volleyball, you mentioned around 16, you already knew you were kind of going to play post-secondary and that was already like on your radar. So being a Team Ontario athlete, you weren't really waiting for confirmation that you could play at the next level. It was just part of your process, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Do you remember your Team Ontario year? Was it just helpful being a big part of that team and playing with your peers who were also strong players or was oh, it just absolutely. part of the next step? Like, yeah. No, absolutely. I didn't, I never considered trying out for the team and then uh, I knew that that was something that I always wanted to do. And then being in that kind of environment, I felt like I transitioned right from Timo and then two weeks later, I left for preseason for the States. And I felt like it just gave me that really competitive environment that I needed to be able to get through training camp, especially. Um, and it was different hearing, because in club, you're so used to hearing one voice all the time. And when you have so many different coaches giving you feedback, it's so much better to kind of you get to perfect your technique or you get to change things about your swing or anything that's different. Um, just kind of hearing a different voice when I, before I went to the States, I think it definitely helped. Nice. And we could have foreshadowed this a little bit better, but looking at the, the squad we had, you joined Emily and Alana on yes. the Brock team. Did that help you kind of settle in that when you were on the fence, whether you're going to play a Brock, you kind of knew some athletes anyways? Mm -hmm. I did know um, a lot of them. And then Lauda and I always played against each other in high school and in club. So I kind of knew everybody from there. Uh, and I also was familiar with some of the vets that were at Brock at the time, uh, like Renee and Tori. So it was definitely an easy adjustment for me coming back. Um, yeah, even though living at home at first wasn't preferable. but. <laughs> Uh, another opportunity you had to kind of play at a higher level was you actually, when you were interning for the Raptors, you had, had sent me a message saying that you're going to be in Toronto and you trained with our one volleyball team. Mm -hmm. So even though you weren't on the squad, you were still coming to practice and battling with the players. What do you think of that experience that if, if you don't go overseas, would one volleyball be something you would look at to play at that level? Because I think you being in the gym and we had Becky Pavin and we had Tesca and we had Ashley Simak, like you, you were capable of playing at that level. So did that summer kind of help you go back to university and confirm that you could play pro? Definitely. Um, I think after that summer, my playing at Brock definitely increased. Like the way I was playing got better. Uh, it was just, you kind of get used to playing with a bigger block and you have to learn how to adjust when there's a strong defense around you kind of thing. And it really taught me how to swing my hands. I think that was definitely a big <laughs> one. Um, but... I think that just being in that kind of environment is definitely something that I would recommend to anybody. So going back to your club days, you mentioned you made a decision to change clubs based on the position you wanted. Mm -hmm. What went into that decision and what kind of can you give our listeners about, you know, I'm sure you just didn't throw a fit and say, I'm playing left side or I'm quitting. Like yeah. you actually probably would have discussed it and found a solution. So what would you recommend to a younger athlete who's listening, maybe, maybe thinking that, you know, I, li I like my club, but it's maybe not the best 
situation for my future goals? Like, how, how would you kind of guide somebody through the same decision you made? Um, it definitely was hard because I was playing for a local team and I went to high school with a lot of the girls. So making the switch wasn't easy at first, but I'd recommend and I would do it again just because of how it helped my career. Um, I think like the main thing is you have to make sure that you're kind of following your dream and your goals. And if you're in a position where you feel like you're not getting better and maybe you're stagnant, then it might be time just to switch it up and kind of go somewhere, maybe learn, maybe try something different. And then there's nothing wrong with coming back. Like I ended up coming back my 18 year year when I had got the experience and everything that I needed. Um, and then the same girls that were on my club team, we ended up winning offset together. So it was, it was a good experience for sure. Yeah, I was just thinking that you couldn't have left on too bad of terms because you came back in 18U and yeah. you had a good squad where I think Hope Larmer was on that team, another mm -hmm. team Ontario athlete, Kylie Butler. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it couldn't have been too bad terms. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like going into 18U knowing that you already had like your post-secondary stuff figured out where other athletes were kind of in the middle of it? Because I feel like Ontario is a little bit behind. Was it calming or were you kind of helping them through their own experience? Because going even going into provincial, some athletes haven't committed, right? So it's yeah. a little bit of a distraction at the peak of your club career. What do you remember about that year? Um, I remember feeling pretty confident because I think I knew exactly where I was at that point and like where my chips kind of lied. So uh, I was able to kind of just let loose and play, um, not having to worry about everything else. But I definitely know that there were people on my team that were worried about the situation. And it was different too because I had never considered the OUA at that point. But then being able to kind of talk to my friends through the process and like see what they were doing it was it was different and it was kind of another reason that made me look back at coming to the OUA because I was kind of familiar with that experience when my friends went through it right so nice and again through your support network and the, and the connections you've made through not only Steve your coach but having a German boyfriend I'm sure has helped this process mm -hmm. uh, can you walk us through the next steps so we've had people who play pro and I'm actually a little surprised that they can't really explain how it happens. Like nobody's quite sure how to hire the right agent or yeah. how you find the right contract. And I always find it interesting that if you get two or three offers, how do people weigh them against each other? Because mm -hmm. we don't know much about Europe and the club system and who's who's going to give you the right experience and who's going to pay you on time and what city are you going to live in. So what's it like just starting that journey and how's how's it been going in blind to beg? You know what? I want to play overseas, but I have no idea how to get there. Very stressful. Um, <laughs> and that would be an understatement. But uh, I'd say the thing that obviously helped me was Peter, who plays on the Brock men's team. Um, he is from Germany, and he did play semi-pro. Uh, so he was kind of familiar with it. So he was able to talk to me about it, which calmed me down, kind of knowing, like, these are your options. Like, even if you don't get into maybe a Division One team, like, you can always do, like, a lower level and kind of work your way up, which was a lot better to kind of hear. Um, and then just hearing like different stories from different people. Um, like I reached out to Alex and talked to her about her experience um, when she was away. And she kind of explained to me like how she went through getting an agent and how like she used a certain website that she gave me. And then Steve ended up knowing a couple people because uh, he obviously played over there too. Um, which, so he's kind of helping me start that process. And then I just kind of kind of go from there. <laughs> see where it goes yeah, I think it's good to have contacts and have people that you could reach out to because mm -hmm. I have a feeling you could shortlist this you could do pros and cons but mm -hmm. really you don't know you could have a list of countries that maybe you want to go to mm -hmm. but if you don't get an offer that's this yeah. not the situation right so mm -hmm. 
I think hiring the agent is definitely the big thing and somebody you can trust and somebody's going to fight for you because mm -hmm. um, hearing from other players, the agents don't feel comfortable always overselling people because then it hurts their name about getting other people contracts, right? So yeah. I guess the best thing you can do is keep meeting with people and put together a really good OUA season and kind yeah. of go from there, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's just hypothetical it out though. Let's say if you did have a choice, is there any, either through your boyfriend's experience or other players, is there a country that you would be very comfortable kind of going to right now? Um, I would say probably Germany or Switzerland would be my top two. So we'll be rooting for you. Hopefully Thank we you. can find a solution. But no, that's exciting. And I mean, you did win Beach Nationals at 14 years. So yeah. whenever you want to come back to the beach, <laughs> let, let's just keep the door open for that just in case this pro indoor stuff doesn't work out. Got it. November is the leading charity dedicated to changing the face of men's health around the world. This November, whatever mustache you grow will save a bro. Donating this November will help raise funds and awareness for prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and mental health and suicide prevention. There are lots of volleyball bros growing their mall that you can donate to, or if you don't know anyone, yours truly and Passing Dime's own Josh Nicole is raising funds for November. Head over to mobro, M-O-B-R-O dot C-O slash Josh Nicole, J-O-S-H-N-I-C-H-O-L to donate. All right, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to an episode, but we usually like to close them out with a, a funny or unique story that volleyball's provided where even though you're a high-level athlete, you know, odd stuff still can happen. So uh, did you have a chance to think of one to kind of give our listeners a bit of a laugh? Uh, yes. When I was in the States, uh, as a freshman, they kind of help you pick your classes, and I was put in music. I do not have a musical background. I said, I cannot play an instrument, uh, but they said, trust me, you'll be fine. Go in this music class. So it was basically volleyball girls, basketball guys, all the athletes were in this class. And you would go in and for their tests, they were all online and people ended up doing them together and they would play an instrument and you would have to say, oh, this is a horn. And, oh, this is a guitar. Or <laughs> there would be a song. And then you'd be like, what song is this? And you'd have to tell them. Or yeah, it was the easiest class I think I've ever taken. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, you always hear a story of NCAA athletes taking like basket weaving or these silly courses. And in my mind, I'm thinking, there's no way it's this easy. Oh, yes. But uh, yes. that's a pretty stacked music course where you're just mm -hmm. listening to instruments. Yeah. No, no technical ability, no playing, nope. no. Nope. Just, uh, yeah, different songs, different different instruments. And uh, that's, that's pretty much all you did. <laughs> now, did your NCAA program kind of guide your schedule a little bit to make sure you're always available for Absolutely. practices lifts like they really had an influence on it like sometimes they even told you like they didn't really want you taking certain degrees just because the workload would just be too heavy the workload. Uh, and my schedule was very much picked for me like here you kind of get a choice and um like sometimes i miss practice because i have class or but it's very much like school first where over there it's you're being paid a lot of money to play and that's kind of your number one priority, I feel right. like. Yeah, and we're, we're not bashing the NCAA by any means. I'm sure we could have people on and have had a good experience. But yeah, mm -hmm. your experience was kind of unique where that, that's a fun music class. I'm sure you aced it. I, I hope you did well. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't, I, I would hope that you would like reevaluate your study habits or something. Because mm -hmm. that uh, sounds like a gimme, but that's good. Uh, so that kind of wraps up everything we wanted to cover. Thank you for taking the time to do this. So how, how do you feel about... Uh, you're kind of at the end of the first semester. You got one big semester left. Mm -hmm. You're in the West, so you got to be top four, and then it's a crossover with the East. Is that how the playoffs are working this year? Yes, I think so. Nice. And has Brock made the final four in no. your not in your cycle for sure, right? Not so. in my cycle, no. And 
not for a long time before me either. Good. So hopefully, hopefully we can get a battle here. Obviously, an easy team to root for, and five and zero to start the season. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to join us. Good luck with finding an agent and finding a contract. But it sounds like you got enough to keep you busy right now at, at, at Brock U. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me.